Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 201, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Friday, September 10th, Mm -hmm. 2021, a day before the 20th anniversary of September 11th. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. From the back to the middle and around again. I'm gonna be there till the trend 100% do love. Uh, that is courtesy of Radio Giorgio, who pointed out that the late Michael K. Williams choreographed and dances in that video with Crystal Waters. Oh, shit. Yeah, I knew he was a dancer. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a catalog. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Oh, well, you know how I do on a Friday night. I'm just probably driving and I'm smoking. Means I'm fading, got these cravings. <laughs> but it's laden, nothing's open. Need that fork meal, so I'm going. Who getting Taco Bell tonight? <laughs> Who getting Taco Bell tonight? Ain't as much as a well tonight. Woo! Giving my toilet hell tonight. Okay, it's Con wow. Gray West, aka Miles Gray. Thank you so much to Christy Yamaguchi made for that part. I had to kind of give that first verse just to kind of set up the scene. But thank yeah. you at Waffle House for that <laughs> inspired AKA. Yeah, we got to bring that in. We got to bring in the uh, background. That was that was beautiful. I mean, uh, look, well done. Who is getting Taco Bell tonight? Can we? That would have and and what one of the few times where the AKA is a, a drastic improvement on the the lyrical content of the actual song. Yeah, um, I feel like I could sing that with a lot more passion than. Then, the show tonight. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. The show tonight. Oh, yeah, because like his version is, I think it's like a, about how Marilyn Manson shouldn't be canceled, maybe. <laughs> uh, like his Marilyn Manson, like, cameos yeah, let's, on the look, just, just Jack, come on, who's getting Taco Bell tonight? <laughs> thank you, you know, thank you. That's, that's, the, that's the important question. Ask the questions that are on the zeitgeist's mind, <laughs> yes, exactly. Miles, we are thrilled, fortunate blessed to be joined uh, in our third seat by a brilliant storyteller uh, who is the lead creative strategist for Salted Logic. She's worked in everything from fine art to technology to academia to conservation, uh, has worked with everyone from small business owners in Hawaii to a global PR firm in New York City. Uh, she is the co-host of the podcast, The Upvote, and created the three-part audio experience they called me Hapa. Please welcome the talented, the brilliant, Hina Wilkerson! Hey, hey, I didn't know that we were supposed What's to up? bring our favorite Drake bars from his latest album. If I knew that, <laughs> I would have right. become prepared. But yeah, yeah. I have no song but it's wonderful hey, it's to okay. be here with you guys. Oh, thank uh, you so much. It's wonderful to have you. Have you gotten through thank either you. of those long-winded albums? No. Yeah, and that I seems to be the general tone. plan to... Here's the thing. Like, I think, like anybody that's maybe under the age of 30, at one point in my life, I did like Drake. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's the backdrop to my middle school angst. Uh. He gave me a channel to, you know, kind of express all the pain I was going through at, at a certain age, even though my life was so simple. But that mm-hmm. guy in third grade, he broke my heart and Drake just gave me the anthem for it. And so, you know, in a way, <laughs> he he gives me something, but at this point it's uh-huh. like all the pedophilia. I just, you know, hot take. Mm. Don't yeah, yeah. I don't know, but Yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, not much of a hot take when there's a lot of receipts. You're like, you're talking to how old? Are they? It's like, yeah, but like, just to let them know, like, how this business is. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well okay. also, any any woman that has been 17 has had an older guy in their life that's like, you know what? You're so mature. Like, there's just something about right. you. And I don't know. You're just not like the other girls. And you're like, oh, my God. Wait, me? I've always thought I was mature. That's absolutely correct. Yes, well, you can date me in secret. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you turn 25 and you're like, oh, my God. Oh my god! What a fucking creep! Yeah, exactly. Is this still the Millie Bobby Brown shit, or are there more receipts? 
more shit coming out. I, I actually ha- I'm not um, up on Drake. I think I think there's people that like he's dated that are now like 19 and 20, but he's oh been in God. photos with since they were like 16. So there's oh questions God. of like kind of a grooming, and then he comes out when they're legal, and he's like, "Oh no, it was chill before now. Like we weren't doing anything weird. It was mentorship, and then all mm. of a sudden we fell in love." Uh-oh. So pick your poison with those two albums. Or maybe don't. Check out Lil Sims. Yeah. Lil Sims' album is great. Yeah, there you go. I heard Abba's dropping something new, though. Maybe listen yeah, to Yeah, I can't wait for that. I mean, I can, but, you yeah, know. I don't think they've them. dated any kids. <laughs> so they're, they're safe. Right. Uh, where are you coming to us from? I am coming to you from Nashville. I just moved here oh. a couple of months ago from New York City. Okay. And it's been good so far. The South is the South has been good to me. So it's been nice. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people making that you know, we've had other guests not resist the allure of Tennessee. Yeah. I mean it's kind of like the less weird version of Portland. Just right. as white, but mm-hmm. a little less weird. Mm. <laughs> <Less> <laughs> you know? weird version of, that's interesting. I'm gonna look at it through that lens. <laughs> Hey, what what made you move? Was there like a general like New York is over vibe? Uh, or what, I don't think do it's think? New York. It's over. It's just that like every apartment in New York is the size of a shoebox unless yes. you're a multimillionaire. So yes. it was something about being in like a heightened version of quarantine where we were all just kind of like test lab rats mm. in this box and you order your groceries. So you truly never leave your house and then once it got winter you extra don't leave your house Mm -hmm. yeah so it was just kind of like staring out of the window like dogs waiting for their owners to come back but no one ever came for us (laughs) (laughs) and so the anxiety was just too much and the cost was way too much and like who knows if something is going to happen again and we're going to be quarantined i'd rather be in a house right yeah so it was it was just such a bummer and I moved there to get my masters and so the whole time I was in school and I was working full time so I never got to like I never fell in love with the city. I think if mm. I got the chance to just like have one job and be able to like go out on the weekends, I would have a totally different picture, but New York was just like a place that I lived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well you worked your ass off. Yeah. yeah. I think that's for a lot of people too. Like mm-hmm. the hustle. Yeah. It is all Which about is a certain hustle. kind of a certain kind of fantasy. Yeah. You know? Right. They just never live up to it. I lived there for like seven years and then I just went back for on for like two days of vacation. And I was with kids, so that also like changed the lens I was viewing it with oh, wow. through. But it was it was like totally different and yeah, it was kinda cool. But I that did make me realize how much I was just like head down working my ass off the whole time that I lived there. Well it's one of those cities that's almost not really a place that you it's like Vegas. Like people live right. in Vegas, but it's like right. should you? Like <laughs> right. it's like living at Disneyland. It sounds like, like a good you? idea when you're ten, but it's like right. in practice. You're that's too your busy vibe? thinking about whether you could. You yeah, so you have two options going out. You're you going to go strip club or right. are you going to get drunk? Right. And you can only do that for so many weekends in a row. Yeah, or true. shoot a machine gun. Ooh, yeah. that too. You know I mean? Shoot a machine gun, race a race car, you know, take a very expensive, shitty roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. And then that's about it. Drive yeah. a uh, construction truck. You can, the, you can like rent giant but you know what the fucking parks out there because all that fucking gambling that revenue that it generates out there i'm when i see the public parks i'm like jesus christ what they're nice yeah they are really really nice (laughs) that's such a specific compliment yeah i I had to to live there for a few months back when i was in my political op days and i just remember like we had you know, we very quickly burned through all the same shit. Like in the first week, we're like, bro, I can't go to fucking rain again. Uh, like this is not going to fucking work for my body or, or my wallet. And then so, but because we're doing a lot of like organizing and stuff in the area, we would go to certain like parks and community centers and everything. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, and they said, this is the bad part of town. I'm like, they got a fucking better parks than we do in L.A. Shit. Oh yeah, a lot of people have better parks than we do in LA. Yeah, I mean we have the yeah we have terrible the parks. worst parks. 
Like, yeah, I, like yeah. to the point that I almost complimented New York City's parks when I was talking earlier. <laughs> like, that's, that's... Well, it's the giant rats that really kind of add to the feeling. It's almost like yeah. you're in an outdoor zoo. You're like, yeah. look at that. Is that a sheep? Or yeah. is this like a petting kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. But they're <laughs> off leash, so they get to, like, you know, just explore the explore the space. Yeah, it's, a, it's um, like you're on the Sahara without having to yeah. travel. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, those raccoons are hurting that, those dogs. It's like, those yeah. are rats, not raccoons. Ah, nature is beautiful. Nature is healing. <laughs> L.A. just needs to turn every single golf course within the city limits into a giant park. And oh, yeah. Just seize them. That's, anybody who knows how to do that, reach out to me. We need to, we need to seize that shit. <laughs> All right. Reach out to me, please. <laughs> reach out to me. Reach Hit out me, to me. Up. I got let's, some ideas. Let's board uh, these parks like fucking pirates. I got some scratchers I haven't quite scratched off. We might be able to fund this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Hina, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, uh, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about the war on terror. We're going to take a look back at that bullshit through the eyes of Terry Albury, who was an FBI agent who uh, is currently in jail as a uh, the first person convicted under the Espionage Act since 2001. Because he was basically like, oh, the FBI is basically sending people to prison and ruining people's lives for being Muslim. And this is fucked up. And he leaked it to The Intercept. And the details are wild and fucked up. So I just want to take a look at that. As we're nearing the 20-year anniversary of September 11th, we're going to talk about Trump's campaign to stay front and center of our minds, how that's Mm -hmm. going. We're going to talk about America's weird history of, uh, you know, commercializing 9-11 memorabilia, all of that, plenty more. But first, you know, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Okay, I have to, there's a caveat here. Sure. So my last search is cheating dating sites. Now, I want to be clear (laughs) that I was not searching these out for my own use, but I'm launching it. No, I would never. Yeah. But I'm in the middle of launching a podcast and we're doing an episode about cheating and like films and TV shows that talk about cheating. And I was thinking, what is that website that people can go to? And it was like a big conversation maybe five years ago and there was yeah. some leak and I Ashley couldn't figure Madison. it out. It's Ashley Madison. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, was I was looking for research. Yeah. This, this for, for the same thing. thing. Your well, you're going to be the guest things. on the show. Awful right. things on that site. <laughs> Awful, terrible things. I mean... First of all, it's hard to, it doesn't really stick in your brain because it sounds like a fucking furniture brand. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, it didn't it turn out to be just all, it was like men and bots, like men no, looking to cheat on I their wives and bots. I read a recent review of people oh, wow. doing like a, are you thinking about using a dating site? Here's your options. And it reviewed Ashley Madison and it actually is almost all real women because it's pretty much free to use the site if you're a woman. And then the wow. men have to pay for credits, like, almost like a, what's that where the guys are trying to, like, get a girl from, like, another country and they pay credits to, to mail? It's like that, but Mailer domestic. Type exactly. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like that, but domestic. And all of the people, I mean, based on this review, who knows how, how real it is, but all of the people they said were completely legitimate. And people are using their real faces on this profile. Yeah, it's wow. a little sloppy. That doesn't make any sense. Like, on Grindr, it's it's a lot of torso down, right? You know what I mean. Like it makes right. a lot of sense. That's really because, all you care about. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the what's, what's the happening equipment? exactly? Yeah, I yeah. don't need to see your face and whether or not you like long walks in the beach. Right. I just want to yeah. know: Does your are you willing and able? Yes. And local. <laughs> <laughs> are you carbon based? Right. right. Do you want some dick? Yeah. Okay. Right. Is there consent? You're a carbon based life form, and yep. you have wheels. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I got a question there, Tradecraft there, on uh, just putting their picture on it. Because they, I'm sure there's also, like, location-based stuff, right? They're, like, matching you with people. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's pretty much location-based, and people give their height, weight, and whatever profile name they want to use. Right. And then you wow. just get it going, because I guess divorce is too expensive but a lot of people on the site i'm like would your divorce be all that expensive right you know (laughs) like do you what are you protecting right it's like the dog you know i can't i can't can't lose sparky yeah 
People He's my only friend. Pets. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that that is like sloppy because then like you could easily see your significant other's like best friend on there. But then that's you'd have to explain other why like, you were there to explain why they're there. Because yeah. you're doing so, a podcast episode about the website. That's why I was there. Fool. What are, why are we asking these questions? And I yeah. met up with this woman to ask her about her experience on there for the podcast. Is it a crime to wow. be a journalist? Is it a crime like, to be inquisitive? No. Wow. I feel like Upton Sinclair here, just getting attacked for for trying to bring things out into the light. I mean, if you're messy enough, like that, that would actually be a fun thing for a couple to do to just be like, all right, look, like we just want to see who who around us, like what oh, marriages just around us yeah. are, are are in trouble, and so then, and we then, are yeah. like signing on that we're both doing this for purely for research purposes right and then just like go in there and be like oh shit. oh you know what it is it's you make you've basically created your own diy version of cheaters with joey greco yeah you know what i mean but yeah you mm-hmm. just do the legwork and like trying to find the local people and then just setting them up and then telling them there's like hey I just record on your something. iphone <laughs> yeah i mean that'd be a, a big tiktok show that would, That's the yeah. stuff that gets viral on TikTok. It's just like yeah. people doing weird shit. Exactly. Also, the kind of show that gets you stabbed probably yeah. by the fourth time, like Joey Greco. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about that? What is something you think is overrated? Disney adults. Fathers giving their daughters away during the ceremony and wine-related home decor. <laughs> mm. I uh, I told my boyfriend the list before we started recording. <laughs> He's like, "Are you adding my mom on this podcast?" <laughs> I said, "Absolutely not." Nina, she's if you're listening, love big, you. Uh, I don't Disney mean your fan? home decor. Well, she's a big wine decor fan. Okay, that side of it, right? Yeah, but the the Disney adults, there's nothing wrong with like I still watch Disney movies when I'm feeling nostalgic and drunk. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> when you start drunk. <laughs> at the <laughs> same I'm time feeling right. <laughs> drunk. Yeah. The conditions must be met for me to regress. <laughs> well, when you're sad and depressed and you're just feeling like the world is on your shoulders, like Little Mermaid kind of brings you back to a to like a mm. happier time, you yeah. know? You can like go back to where you were at that at that moment in your life. But it's the problem is when you start to incorporate it like into your wedding and into your personality. Or like I have a lot of friends from high school that I see going on these like yearly Mecca type trips to Disney. When I Mm -hmm. know that, like, you're trying to be, you're like an aspiring YouTube, like, influencer, and you have 10 followers, and I don't know where you're getting any of this money. Right. (laughs) You know, like, I know you're going into debt to take this little mouse selfie and say hashtag magic. (laughs) Like, and you say for wine-based decor, this can be anything from, like, a lot of, like, a wall made of corks. Don't talk about it, whine about it. Okay. Um, like a decal that says like some people like beer goggles. I yeah. like wine glasses. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. or that like fermented grapes are a fruit. That like getting your daily fiber intake from wine. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, it's usually on a white background. It's and it's in script that's almost illegible. Mm-hmm. Right, and there's like little stars in the corner. It's a it's a way of life. I think. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I, I, I know that look. I know that It's the look. culture of Karens, and I don't want to shit on any culture. Right. Yeah. But that is their culture. But and that you is know, their a lot culture. of that's a, the, the wine puns shit just don't stop. Like, because we're, we're still in peak rose pun world, I feel like. The <laughs> mm-hmm. other day, or no I, way rose. Yeah, no way rose. When I was at Target a while back, I saw this shit. I'm like, we're still doing this shit. We're still doing this shit, really? Yeah. Okay, stop and smell the rosé. It's like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess that's their, like I said, that's like their weed, you know? Like if they're, like for their religion, that's their weed is the one, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. Not, yeah, I don't think, there's nothing bad about it. You don't have a bunch of decor around your house that's like, I, I'm looking at wine glasses that say, hit me, baby, one more wine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> you don't have the equivalent of that. Hakuna Moscato. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good I mean, one. That's though. pretty good. Yeah, like I would. I would yeah, that would, 
That's a real fucking thing. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I thought that was on the spot. No, these people are criminal. They've exhausted <laughs> the fucking entire like pun vocabulary for wine. Like, I'm yeah. telling you, though, because it's a it, it the wine and pun world. I feel like it truly goes hand in hand with people who feel like very red, like literate, and you know. Well, you've reached the Venn diagram of Disney yeah. adult and wine related decor yeah. with Hakuna Moscato, right? Yeah. Woo. That's their, That's their battle cry. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated? Costco, Kirkland signature. <laughs> yeah. I think it's underrated. Which thing though? Which goes 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 like late focus in. Well, fo- focus on focus in is buying booze at Costco. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. That's something that if you're not doing at home, do it now. Like you're you're wasting your money, you're wasting your life away if you're not buying booze at Costco. Having a party? You don't want and guess booze what? at Costco. Get the booze at Costco. It's half the price and it's twice the size. Right. And they have all of their mixers, like their their gallon drinks. Those are also cheaper. And you just like stock up. Go and go every quarter. You don't even need mm-hmm. to wait for a party. Don't be shame. Like go on right. your own, like on the first of every month, stock up and like just make it a part of your your ritual, your routine. Right. Yeah. Do they have wine? Is it while we're on the subject? Do they have? Is oh, there absolutely. Like Kirkland they have the what's the giant wines? There's the regular wine bottle, but then there's the giant Magnum. Magnum. Magnum they have Magnum for six dollars. <laughs> I think a Jeroboam's the biggest. Is it one. Jeroboam? Then there's a Nebuchadnezzar. Is like an even bigger <laughs> bottle. Right. This is. I had a religion teacher tell us this when we were sixteen. Is that true? Yeah, it's like the biggest wine bottle guy. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Fool. Like you were just talking about the passion. Right. Of Jesus well, it's hard Christ. to imagine how it Jesus can get Christ. bigger than those big ones. Like, how do you even carry that? It's like the size it's of the It's because it's just like a stupid, I guess, I don't Novelty. know. I, I I just tuned out because he would show like a man for all seasons rather than like teaching. <laughs> like, right. And that was like his whole curriculum and talking about gigantic wine bottles. So anyway, shout out to you. <laughs> I also have kitchen shears on this list. Hmm. Yeah. I think people bust out a, car, a cutting board and a knife for any old thing. You can just mm. cut it. Just stand right. above the pan, snip, snip, snip. Sausages, yeah. carrots. Yeah. And then I also have the TV show Veronica Mars. It's a cult okay. classic. I love it. I think it's Kristen Bell's best work. Yeah, I bought a, a yellow Nissan Xterra because of that show. Did you really? No. But <laughs> I... I, th- I thought that was a cool car then, and I and I every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, stand that, by it. You could, you could be like, hey, who's that? Who's that <laughs> fella? <Xterra. laughs> <laughs> that completely missed me. Is that a? It's like detective. Yeah, cartoon. it's like a, it's like a grimier Nancy Drew Ooh. in what looks like Van Nuys, California. <laughs> Got it. No, yeah. like, magical element to it? Just no magic up. element, but it was only three seasons. It got canceled, and then the fan base was so committed that 10 years later, they completely crowdfunded a movie. Right, And then right. Hulu picked it up for the last season. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back. And so I wanted to talk about this uh, New York Times profile of this former FBI agent, Terry Albury, who is he's currently in jail because he dared be a whistleblower on what the FBI was doing during like the end of the Bush, actually, like throughout the Bush administration into the Obama administration. And then he was arrested during the Trump administration. but he basically revealed just wild shit about like the profiling of Muslim people and entrapment, destroying innocent people's lives simply because of the color of their skin. And it's 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 a wild profile because it's like you're just everything he's doing is like heroic, like the way he's thinking about it. Like he's basically spends almost a decade of his life, like trying to like dismantle it from within. He originally got into it like right before 9-11 because he wanted to like 
to pursue and like protect children from child predators and like his family are like liberal people from Berkeley and his uncle was a Black Panther and he was like, I don't know, like just not your typical FBI agent. And because he's not white and because he's <laughs> and because he's liberal, uh, but I also know, because, because like, he's not white. <laughs> yeah. If you look at FBI. I'm like, I'm that meme of that black woman on her knees squinting like. <laughs> I included going. some pictures of uh of his like graduating class from the FBI and like if the FBI had been profiling balding guys with goatees they would have been in a better position to recognize and address that problem because yeah. he is the only person of color in his graduating class and there are at least three balding guys with goatees There's no there's there's a there's an Asian guy too Okay, and then one woman with a tan who, you know, maybe we can put that in in the column. I don't know. Uh Um, Uh But yeah, this this story is wild because thirty, the things that he says right are things that are not surprising or things that we have not heard of too. But you can tell because of just sort of the clarity of which he's describing this. Like they're like, oh, this is like this is so offensive. Because we've known about the pattern of like entrapment that the FBI has been using and even used, as they say, there's like even reporting around how the people who were attempting to kidnap Governor Whitmer in Michigan, very similar playbook where it was the informants in the meeting saying, hey, what if we kidnap them, huh? Right. What about that? Yeah. And then they go along, like, yeah, I got them. To, um, they're they're going to do some wild shit. So it's, yeah, this, it's, it's. It's it's really I think the really disheartening thing is like again we're seeing another example of somebody who is trying to, I guess you know not like not that he can write the ship but at least try and course correct in the small way he felt he could and then now he's in jail, right? Yeah, I, I have complicated feelings about just the concept of changing a structure from within. Like right. I'm always right. a little, I don't know. Like I, I sometimes I I doubt. Like, at some point, especially because he was in for so long, like, did it take that long to realize that this angle is not going to work? Like, let me transform the organization from within as the one guy trying to do it. And I'm just always suspicious of, like, how real is that in practice? Like, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to try to transform something that is so systemic? Yeah. Like, what does that even look like? I think it probably looks like first trying to adhere to the systems that are in place to raise grievances within the structurally fucked organization yeah. you're in. And then when those are rendered inert, then you are like, fuck, how do yeah. I do? So I guess I'll just laugh along. Like, as he says, then he had to just sort of like play along with all the like Islamophobic nonsense that the other agents were talking about. And like, hey, <laughs> Yeah. I, and I don't and I guess maybe his rec- you know, his only recourse is to just be like, I guess the only thing you can do is just come out very publicly and say what's happening because there's not there's no, not like for three sure. moves you set up and it's like, gotcha, FBI. Now we're going to be, you know, advocating for like workers rights. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, there there is there isn't a playbook. And I think it always surprises me. I mean, obviously, I'm not white, but I'm always I'm working to be not desensitized to the shock, mm. but it's really fucking hard. You know what I mean? Like every day Mm -hmm. there's a new thing of like, well, did you know that we're racist? (laughs) You know, and it's like, no, I've been knowing. So. Right. Well, hold on. Hold on. How? (laughs) This is a new story. This might be a new story, actually. Uh, (laughs) How do I know that they're racist? Right. Mm, Just just some basic data gathering. But yeah, I guess. Yeah. The. (laughs) <laughs> the amount of things that he was experiencing and having to witness, it sort of makes like all the shit that you see, especially like the war on terror propaganda shit that you see where it's like these people who are like, man, we got to defend the country, man, from yeah. evildoers. When really it was just a bunch of racists who said any person who came out of a mosque was a suspect. Like that's not yeah, that's crime exactly fighting. Right. Like the details of how it was conducted was straight up. Like they would just pick somebody. First of all, they would pay somebody to inform. Mm-hmm. So that person was incentivized to just come up with information. 
And I mean, there's this quote from a former agent who's not the person in jail, Albury, but he, the agent says, I'd say most of our investigations were based on very thin leads from questionable sources. But what was the alternative? The government was convinced that there were sleeper cells all over the country and we had to find them. So it's just create what the government thinks is there. I mean, it all started with that, with the search for like WMDs and Iraq, mm-hmm. like that, like that. But that turned out to be just like kind of written into the, you know, cellular makeup of every aspect of the war on terror, just like make up a problem so that you had something to spend money on uh, and like could get your angst out and your racist's anger out. Well, and that's the fantasy of the FBI, too. Like, right. it's so it's so self-indulgent. You yeah. know, I think that they have this image of themselves kind of like like running through the streets and like very Captain America saving the world. And then they catch a baby that's falling from the from a tower. And I think like they have to work really hard to almost maintain that image of themselves. And then their solution is, well, then let's create problems so that we can solve problems. Like, let's just find shit to be doing so that we don't need to address all of the other structural problems that they, that we've created. Yeah. Like mm. make a other, make a bad guy and then it becomes very simple so then we don't need to be the bad guy. Yeah, it's like almost like it's not even necessarily a policy of it, but this is just how American society is like manifested in this organization which is like this sort of secret police force which is, you know, there to uphold these narratives that we need to keep saying like everyone's in immense danger from the outside from people from other countries also these stereotypes that we have in our society those are all true because we also look for cases where that's you know we can reinforce those yeah and let's also you know very clearly ignore all of like the discriminatory and racist behavior of the people within the agency yeah, well, have just... you listened to the podcast Cops? Mm-mm. So interesting. He, he also, so the guy that does it is Dan Taberski. He also has a new show that just launched called 912 that's about the impact of 911. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But Cops is all about the reality TV show Cops and right. how that reality show spanning over decades, like, has had this huge hand in shaping like a quote-unquote officer's self-perception like what he thinks it looks like to be a detective and to be a cop and so it's these like grown man children almost replaying those like fight scenes that they saw in cops and then like wanting to get the to get the bad guy and so they're like chasing the feeling of I don't know, like like catching people red-handed or like needing it to be movie-like. And so then they create the bad guys so they can have that moment for themselves. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, we had Oof. Dan on before. I think the show's called Running From Cops. Oh, uh, yes. And it's, yeah, it's really mind-blowing. And I mean, but yeah, like, it's just, it's like so written into the DNA that like it, it, the... that tv show down to like every aspect of what this officer saw behind the scenes of like they would abuse the no-fly list to coerce muslims into spying on their communities basically saying like we're gonna put you on the no-fly list unless you give us names and then like just every everybody was under constant suspicion if they were muslim like everyone everywhere it was basically fbi agents were sent into these communities to instill fear he says and then generate this paranoia within these people so that they know that they're under suspicion perpetually and there's no justification for the suspicion other than the he says suspicion as a state of being but basically just you know that is a pervasive and corrosive like force that's just like there always it's not something that like you can like point to but you know you have the constant veil of suspicion and the possibility that somebody's just gonna fucking break into your house and make you give them names of your fucking best friends to like implicate them in a in a crime it's just like so poisonous Oh, and the, and, the, and the thought of even the concept of informants, right, I think is is framed as this 
like sneaky strategy to get the bad guy. But in reality, it only creates extreme mistrust, extreme divisiveness, and a feeling of oppression within the community. And then that even furthers the decay of the community structure, which disproportionately targets black and brown communities. Yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, link off to the article in the footnotes. It is definitely a worthy read and puts into context some stories that have been underrepresented in the mainstream media over the past 20 years, for certain. Let's talk about real quickly what Donald Trump and his campaign are doing to try and stay front and center without holding office and without having access to an active social media account. All he can, he, you know, he has very few tools at his disposal because he's not like at the G7 with a mic and where he could just be like, says some wild shit and then it consumes that fucking headlines for, you know, weeks on end. So he's got to be very efficient. And or, uh, like right now, his toolkit includes rallies saying mm-hmm. vile, racist shit, just straight up lies or I guess doing commentary at boxing matches on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So we'll talk right. about the the last couple points, you know, for example, his latest uh, attempt at just creating a bunch of waves was him lamenting the removal of Robert E. Lee's statue in Virginia. He had this whole, you know, because now all he does is put out like press releases in the form of like tweets, but they're just so long. People just check out after the first sentence. Mm. One of the last ones of this sentence says, if only we had Robert E. Lee to command our troops in Afghanistan. What an embarrassment. We are suffering because we don't have the genius of a Robert E. Lee, the guy who wanted to destroy the union to keep slavery around. That's so that, you know, that 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 got that chummed the waters a little bit, but it didn't quite. I don't think did maybe did the numbers that he was used to, you know, getting for saying things like that. Then he said something about 9-11 that I didn't realize he's been saying like a few different lies about 9-11. The most prominent ones were that he went down there with a crew and like helped do shit. Mm. That's very people are like, I don't know. We we saw you down there. Not many people have heard of you bringing any kind of resources to help aside from like a camera to document you being there. And then he also said like he was giving money to charities and he never did. So he apparently he's telling, he's telling a new lie. And I just want to play his new lie for everybody to hear because this is just again. Part of his self-myth building that he does uh, and he's normally used to. Well, I was down there right after the event and I brought a big crew of people down and uh, I helped. A lot of other people helped. Those first responders are very brave. And I'm telling you, we we were hearing creaks. I've never forgotten it. Uh, There was, I think, the United States Steel Building, it was called at the time, and it's 50 stories tall. And we heard creaks. I said, that building's going to come down. And two big firemen grabbed me and grabbed other people, and they just moved out of that area. Never came down, but I never heard a noise like that. And it was a it was a scary situation. But the job they okay, so he's lying like someone's elderly parent about <laughs> or five year old, like a, yeah, either yeah. one. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 there's an entire spectrum of liars. But yeah, the, I like how he goes, oh, my God. And the fireman was like, get out. And, you know, it never came down. But um, I'll never <laughs> I know, forget. But that's like, that's his, the art of the lie is to be like, and, you know, it never did come down to make it, like, sound a little bit truer that, like, it's not like they're exploded in the background. Yeah, you can't prove it. Like, we're right. like, did y'all hear the creaks with Donald Trump after 9-11? They're like, what are you talking The what? The creaks? No. Well, and he also tries to tell lies that can like he purposely tells lies that can be verified because as a normal human being you're like no one would lie about something that would be so easily disproven yeah but he's not a normal human being and this particular lie reminds me of if you've watched the documentary the woman who wasn't there Mm -hmm. it's just a documentary about a woman who like inserted herself into 9-11 survivor support groups and people that lost families and husbands and told this big story about how her fiance died and blah, 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 blah. It's fascinating, but it's, it's literally just him. Right. You know, and the yeah, way her whole himself. thing fell apart when someone just bothered to like look into it. Right. Well, and like, the shame too. Of, it was another survivor that was like, this is not making any sense. Right. And right. Like, but you're never like, you would never do that. You know, like, I wonder if this person is lying about 
losing their arm and their husband died and then was saved by this firefighter and Mm -hmm. you just never think to yeah yeah and then i mean you look into it and then it's yep just for the it's just an insult to people who actually went through it like my friend steve ran is easy who (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh yeah comedy fake 9-11 joke wow for all, the, for, all the, for all the comedy fans out there, Steve Rain is easy 9-11 the guy, One of the guys from the, uh, what is it, the league? Yeah. Uh, claimed that he was there. Also did the same thing. Which very oh, strange. my God. Oh, and one last thing, though, about the, the the boxing match. Yesterday, when we were talking about it, I, bet, I said, look, they probably got a fucking payday for that. Mm. And apparently, there's sources out there saying that they put an obscene amount of money in front of the two Trumps to get them to do color commentary at this boxing event with Evander Holyfield. Even though a lot of people who are like working on it, like, dude, I don't want anything to do with like some Trump production. And the promotion company's like, sorry, look, we're maybe this will sell tickets because I don't know. Maybe it will. I don't we'll see. I mean, if anyone can comment on physical prowess and, and sport, <laughs> yeah, for it's going to be the boy Don. Yeah, if, right, if exactly. anybody, that's how he was known, right. young in his, his athletic career as the boy Don. He's like, oh, look at his biceps; they're bigger than Christmas hams. Oh, <laughs> you love to see it! Wow, I bet they're so juicy. How much? How, how do you think they taste? Maybe take a big old bite out of that. <laughs> what do you mean boxing? <laughs> He's like, yo, oh, stop disgusting. like looking at everyone like food. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm shocked that he muscles. hasn't started a podcast. Oh, God, like that I feels love, like yeah. the obvious, like an Alex Jonesy, just like errant stream yeah. of consciousness i'm pr- i'm just surprised I, that it hasn't happened i wonder if someone's just done the thing like you know like if you've ever been in a podcast session and you're monitoring your own mic so you're hearing your own voice come through your headphones if they just put that on him if that's like a <laughs> oculus headset for him when he's like whoa what's happening just wow, selfie ASMR. hello <laughs> yes who's Fuck that you man? hillary <laughs> <laughs> like and like, he never presses fine. record. Yeah, yeah. He's like, recorded 300 episodes, but none of them are available to the public. Welcome back to episode 5022 <laughs> of the Sundowning with Trump show. Like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where that goes. But yeah, I I think it's just, it, there, because there's no audience, I think that's probably why. Like, you can't retweet Boring. the podcast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He needs that stimulation. Yeah. All right. Let's take another quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back, and we're just talking during the break about how the creek, I've never heard it sound like that. His lies always contain big guys. Yeah. Like these generals, they're big and handsome, and they told me, they said, you're the greatest uh, president since Washington, maybe. And this one contained, like, big firefighters coming to sweep him off his feet. Huge. 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 These firefighters were huge, and they whisked me out of there took me to uh their place and there's even a super cut of him talking about big strong guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at the size of that guy powerful guy this you know i have a friend big guy one of the biggest in the world well, I'm standing <laughs> next to that's some big people behind me powerful guy big strong guy <laughs> big strong guy big strong guy is big strong guy <laughs> I mean, you know, so he's definitely like, yeah, I'm sure. He loves him. a friend, big guy, big one guy. of the biggest in the world. Big Gary, they call him. The biggest. Had biceps the size of Christmas hams. <laughs> did, oh, he, did, did he say the Christmas hams thing? Or no, no, but it, like, it sounds so, so it is like some old folky, you know, right. thing of you should have seen his biceps. They were um, like they were like the kinds of chains they used to put on the side of Navy battleships. So strong, so strong, so strong. Anyways, you think he? I, I would love. I, I wonder if like Loki, he's paid an artist to do like a like a romance novel cover with him being swept away by one of these like these big guys he's always talking about. You know, like a Fabio esque mm. sort of just big chiseled guy. You should have seen him. He swept me away from the rubble. Really, I felt mm. so safe in his arms, <laughs> and that's how I want the country to feel with my new <laughs> military plan. Where the Fabio you're made just, you feel? <laughs> you're just, just in the, tender, tender, yeah, a tender. tender. And you're in the arms of a guy with biceps the size of Christmas hams. <laughs> just, just as sticky. Yeah. Just with as the cloves smoky. In it too. And you're like, how'd you get the cloves in there? And the, with and the, the little hatch, pineapple circus. The hatch work on the cut on the fat is really <laughs> impressive. 
Uh, American oh, <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, given who was elected president in 2016, that America hasn't been like super respectful, classy uh, when it comes to never forgetting 9-11. So our writer, J.M., kind of took a look back at, you know, 9-11, the national tragedy and merchandising bonanza. Uh Oh, and yeah, there's some wild shit in here. So there was a big run of coins that came out very early on. There's a medallion allegedly made from recycled steel from the World Trade Center that cost a mere $30. And they, this is, you know, noble. They set aside 5,000 to 10,000 medallions for the victims' families at no charge. So, like, this is kind. Yeah. So Hi, we we turned this murder scene into a neck chain for other people right. to buy. But here's a free one for you because it's such a terrible loss. So sorry. In 2004, there were coins supposedly minted from silver recovered at Ground Zero, which I don't know. Doesn't make like, a lot of from sense. the pocket change of the victims. Like, no, what? wasn't there that like rumor that there was this like vault or something in the fucking basement? Oh, okay. There was some, I just remember some weird folksy bullshit thing of like, you know, there was like a lot of precious metal in there too. But I don't know. I mean, they could be true, but maybe it was recovered. But I remember that was like a big. Like a ground zero three kings where they're like yeah. going, going in. Depending um, on yeah, what part of the internet you were on at the time. Right. So these, they actually claimed were legally authorized silver dollars. Which they weren't. They were actually made by a novelty company that also mm-hmm. produced Harry Potter coins, which also not acceptable as legal tender, as, as far as I know. And then in in 2011, the federal government started selling their own 9/11 commemorative coin for hey. uh, 56.95. You got to mark it up so that you know you take advantage of the the fact that it's the real deal from the people who brought you 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> is the nine eleven coin? Like, what, yeah. what are you doing, y'all? Like, sorry about our foreign policy, y'all. Here's mm. a coin directed by M Night Shyamalan, sponsored yeah. by M Night Shyamalan, right. featuring Fantastic. M Night Shyamalan for fifty six ninety nine. Who could say no? What a specific number, too. Why does it have to be fifty seven dollars? Like, what is you know? They is just, that the is that like a number decides. to make you feel like oh, they were thinking about how valuable that is? Probably, yeah. They could have just said a hundred. But right. I think it's really probably worth close to 57. The, uh, the government is honest with their prices. <laughs> there was, in non-coin-related merchandise, the 9-11 coloring book for children, which, you know. And there, nipple there tassels was... for the ladies, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, there was an image of Osama bin Laden being executed while cowering behind a woman in a Muslim hijab. In... Which is the text from the page. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so funny, man. Like they just basically turn never forget into be like, never forget. We're now uh, painting all people from the Middle East as evildoers. Never yes. forget. That's the script we're sticking to now. Like it was yeah. never about the United States because that's just this malleable concept that people bandy around so disingenuously to bolster whatever fucked up. Mm-hmm. ideology they have it's never about the actual country just sort of saying well this is the thing you can't attack so i'll put the country in front of me and then that will protect whatever nonsense i'm advocating for because it was like the other thing with the merchandise is i remember every tv show they were like doing stuff where people were fucking wrapped up in the flag and shit and crying and they're like i just feel so special to be part of this country and it truly was put us in this era where you could not criticize the united states right like People who were on the news saying like, well, the reason people wanted to attack the United States is because of all the destabilizing activity that we do in the region that creates jihadist movements and things like that. And they're like, they're vanished because, you know, uh, a fucking fighter jet is going to like nut red, white and blue over like a football game or some shit. Well, I think a huge part of that is like not that um, Americans aren't or some Americans aren't racist already, but I think to keep people obsessed with america they have to convince everyone that the rest of the world isn't free and you're the only one that's free and that's why you should be so proud as opposed to like the reality which is there's lots of places that you know free health care and like when you have a baby you can stay home with your baby and oh no what's that place (laughs) sounds scary 
Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Do they have challenge coins to commemorate their yeah. tragedy? They don't have merch, though. That's, I yeah. mean. That's mm, where they lose me. <laughs> you know, it, it was also like one of the most lucrative kind of storylines that America has ever, because like after the Cold War, the military industrial complex didn't really know what to do with themselves. And then this gave them a new purpose. So they successfully cashed in. But it it was generally like seen as not a great look when like Walmart recreated the towers out of cases of soda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is there I think a lot of people have seen that picture. But you got the red, white, and blue with the Pepsi, Diet Coke, and Coke cans, and then the towers are made of Coke Zero. And the thing so. is, the people were mad that they were mixing Pepsi and Coke products. It was well, they should have done all do Pepsi the- because Pepsi solves all of the world's injustices. Right. Yes, we've long said that. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if they had that same ad agency around nine eleven? <laughs> <laughs> if they were like with the Kendall Jenner ad, if they tried oh, to do yeah. something, it's like Muhammad Atta here. <laughs> I think you just want this Pepsi, sir. Yeah. Yeah. She's a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. It would have been United 93 or whatever the fuck. Right. And it would have been a Pepsi ad. This, that's what this again is so weird about everything is that there's not, there's nothing, there's no sanctity to anything. Every, right. Because, and I think that's really what all this reveals is there's nothing sacred in this country. Absolutely fucking nothing. Not even human life because it'll just be a fucking merch display or a, commemorative blanket or coin because someone else doesn't give a fuck they just know that they can use these events to make more money or more fear yeah so wow never forget nothing is sacred here (laughs) the 9-11 museum is still open the gift shop is still like putting out products like a a cheese cutting board a 9-11 commemorative cheese tray where it's a, in the shape of the United States and their little hearts where the hijacked airplanes went down. So, you know. There's something like meta about taking a knife to a board that commemorates right. the... Right. Something they, about that. This is... I, I'm not sure who made it, but it was an official selection. They Like the person who runs the museum's gift shop, which... Again, the 9-11 Museum maybe maybe shouldn't have a gift shop, but the person who runs yeah, it was like, sacred, we're, nothing sacred. <laughs> we're uh, carefully selecting products to make sure they're tasteful. And yeah, they, and apparently this fell under that category. And it's also just kind of extra fucked up because the 9-11 Museum also has unidentified remains on the premises of so Fuck. like many relatives of victims have actively protested of just the idea of having fucking people selling mugs and t-shirts and scarves. Well, have they tried branded. the cutting boards yet? Right. Because maybe yeah. that's some of they the... are pretty. They do look pretty nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you, what kind of fucking, par- again, look, there's so many things wrong with this cutting tray, cheese board, fucking charcuterie terrorism board that they've got. <laughs> but like the only thing that this has, it's a ceramic outline of the united states with just three fucking stars painted on like parts of the northeast yep that's really so they've i'm sure they reappropriated some ceramic mold and said all right put stars there it's 9-11 my next thing is if you are putting this platter together are you like really treating that section of the cheese board as sacred you're not just gonna lay a shitload of crackers and shit on top of it right and like honeycomb and further disrespect the memory. I, I just don't, everything about it, like, I don't even know how you present it in a way that someone goes, oh my God, is this a 9-11 commemorate? This, that's so thoughtful of you. <laughs> like, this is, you're such an ace with the decor. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. Thank you so much. And like, yeah, and, and these wine 11 glasses that you made, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean... Those have to exist, right? <laughs> is there wine, wine 11? Sure. There has to be wine 11 at this point. Right. I mean, haven't we reached wine that 11 conclusion? can't help but forget or something like that? Where it's like, oh my here. God, wine 11, never forget your corkscrew. There you go. The gift shop is still going today, selling everything from toy cars for $65 that 
look like just $20 toy cars, but they have Never Forget written on the hood. And then there's also like a bunch of t-shirts, 20 years later, limited edition collection of just garbage. Hmm. I just looked on Etsy and there's some 9-11, like 20 years later, never forget face masks. And I just don't think that the audience that right. like wears never yeah. forget memorabilia and wears a mask ever overlap. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a wasteful product, really. That's an interesting person, though. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd like, where's that New York Times profile? Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're multifaceted for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just baffling. <laughs> I don't know. And it's, it's baffling. It's been, so, it's been 20 years. I mean, Jesus, like it's been so long. And you think of how things have changed so drastically just in the last few years, but how we're still like really having a problem, having a real, again, because America hates a reckoning, having a reckoning with this supposed war on terror and the amount of money that was just hissed away while everything just went by the wayside here in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking back of like how I, that fucking, I remember the city in LA, people were so hopped up on that patriotism shit. It was fucking wild. Yeah. Like every street turned into some like fucking jingoistic. It's just like it, it, everything was a parade suddenly. Right. Except for specific parts of the city. Uh, but yeah, like I just felt like everything else was just uh, just this like weird fever dream that people went through those first couple of years and like completely ignored what was actually at stake. Yeah. Hey, but that's huh. it's like the government knows what they're doing when it comes huh. to shit like that. Well, Hina, it has been such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can yeah, people for having me. find you and follow you and hear you and all that yes. good stuff? Yes, you can follow me personally at Hina Rising on all socials. And you can check out some of the stuff that Salted Logic is doing at saltedlogic.com. Yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, this is uh, my favorite tweet of this week, and it is, serial killers in the 70s had no idea that they were going around creating content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. You, you wrote your thesis about like true crime. Uh, yeah, my, my thesis was about how podcasting is like transforming true crime to like have an impact on the justice system because mm. the people that basically like we write stories about like really pretty white well-off women and then that stops the public from being able to recognize someone that isn't that archetype as a victim and then it stops their cases from being solved because we have no the diversity of what we see as a victim is so small that like mm. it impacts our empathy right and then podcasting has been able yeah, to like, the, push past the, that. Yeah, the women in podcasting that, like, you know, m women experience, most women have experienced some kind of sexual harassment in their life, and they just have more empathy with victims. So instead yeah. of talking about, like, Ted Bundy and how he's so hot, which is kind of what true crime was for a while, they're talking yeah. about the victims and their pain, and it's transforming the way that we see crime because it's being told in this, like, empathetic kind of female-driven way. Yeah, really cool. Miles, where can people find you? And what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, boy. Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, if you like 90 Day Fiance, check out 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I, where we, you know, just fucking look through the matrix of that show. And some tweets that I like. Okay, so the first one is uh, from, from Tani Newsom at Trondi Newman. She tweeted, Last night, my friend was trying to list all the fixings on a Chicago dog, and when she couldn't remember anymore, she lifted up her jean short leg, and on her thigh was a huge Chicago dog tattoo, and she looked at it and goes, Oh, yeah, pickle spears. This city <laughs> takes my breath away. <laughs> wow. Um, another one from Trash Jones at Jay Zucks uh, tweeting, when, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Unfortunately, we are on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, tweet I've been enjoying. Roy Wood Jr. tweeted, iPhone cameras are too good for them to still be charging us for school day pictures. I respect the hustle, though. <laughs> that is still, still happening. And we're still paying for it. I'm not proud of it. 
but and the pictures are so bad the pictures are because yeah anyways i think my dad tried to take he tried to show up and take a picture of me to try and save money once there you go but they were like what are you doing here fool like you can't show up like unannounced with a camera to a school full of small children yeah you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you'll enjoy. Uh, Miles, what song are we suggesting people this is, uh, it's not going to be Kanye West going to Taco Bell tonight remix. Although, you know, that might happen. Uh, this is going to be from Bad, Bad, Not Good. They have a new track out with Kareem Riggins, one of my favorite drummers and one of my favorite musicians, like just a regular collaborator with Jay Dilla. <laughs> and this uh, track is called Beside April. And, you know, Bad, Bad, Not Good, they're all musicians, so this is just a band playing their thing. But the track is just very smooth sounding and it feels like a like a psychedelic, like Italian spy movie, like score, something yeah. like that. But it's, it's funk too. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm telling you. I, I'm trying to give people a mood so they understand what the psychedelic track will evoke and maybe yeah, draw you into to listening to it. So this is Beside April with Bad, Bad, Not Good featuring Kareem Riggins. Damn. All right. I am intrigued. I'm going to go check that shit out. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.